As Phil said, I'm Pat. I'm one of the pastors here at Cottonwood, and happy to be here with you this morning. We're in a series where we're going through the New Testament slowly, book by book, and really picking out a verse that is probably well-known to many of us, and really taking a closer look at it. This is actually the only week that uh, is planned that we're going to sort of double-tap a book of the Bible. So today is John 15, 5 is our, is our verse for today. And uh, last week was John 3, 16. We'll be going uh, one verse at a time, one, one book of the Bible at a time uh, for the rest of the series. Um, the fall is a really fun time of year as we enter into the fall, kind of like the end of the summer. This is like if you grow gardens, this is harvest season. And the verse this morning is, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him will produce much fruit because you can do nothing without me. I actually have a grapevine this morning. We have, grape, we have grapes at our house. Um, one of the things that was growing when we moved in. And uh, I just trimmed this off before this morning. And uh, our grapes aren't, weren't really great this year because I didn't do a good job of pruning them and directing them in the right way. And I'm not going to get into pruning them. That's the message that's in this, in this chapter. But grapes, grape branches, this is a branch off of the vine. The, the actual main vine looks a lot more like it's woody, has bark on it, kind of like a small tree. This is just clipped off of the edge of it. But a grapevine has two jobs, really. One is, don't end up like this one, stay connected. They don't actually have a choice, right? When I come by with my clippers, they can't like move away from me. Um, not my grapes anyways. Um, stay connected to the vine, because if you don't, you can actually probably already notice that only in about an hour's time since I clipped this, that the leaves are starting to wilt. And if I left this, uh, actually probably by the end of this message, they'll be even more wilty. And if you came back after lunch, they would be almost totally wilted. Um, they, they're actually not too vibrant unless they stay connected to the vine, grapevine, grape branches in particular. The second job, what's the second job of a grape branch? Any kids know? What's supposed to grow on grape branches, grape vines? Fruit. Th- these are some of the fruit that my family missed. I knew they had missed some of them because they always miss some of them because it's really hard to find all of the grapes on a... Whoop. Sorry, whoever's cleaning the church this week. Um, that's usually what happens at the end of the season is they fall off, and that's how they plant themselves, which you don't really want to have happen. Um, be careful on the way up here because there's some mine, landmines down there now. <clears throat> but that's the second thing that a grapevine is supposed to do is to make the fruit that grows on the plant. Grapevines are supposed to stay connected and produce fruit. And that's really what Jesus points to in this passage. Now, when I say something like the title this morning, which is, you can do nothing without Jesus, your reaction might be something like my reaction, which is, is that really true? I mean, this morning, I got up out of bed. One of the first things I did is I brushed my teeth. Did I need Jesus to brush my teeth? A conscious connection with Jesus. When my fit sink breaks, do I need Jesus to help me fix the sink? Um, even do I need Jesus to serve meals to people who might need them? Or 
Do I even need Jesus to do something great like invent a life-saving drug or treatment that helps extend the life and health of people? Do I need Jesus to do those things? Probably not. I didn't think, I don't remember thinking about Jesus as I did this this morning. Brushed my teeth. On the other hand, uh, Colossians 1 and John 1 describe Jesus as the creator of the entire universe. So in one sense, there wouldn't be a me or a toothbrush if Jesus hadn't created. So in that sense, I couldn't even do that without Jesus. But we can do things without staying connected to Jesus like he describes in this passage. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll produce much fruit. We can do things, I think, as a disconnected branch, like brush our teeth. But there's a problem when we develop a mental pattern of doing things without Jesus as Christ followers. And here's what begins to happen. Pretty soon, I find that I'm not just brushing my teeth. I'm not just fixing the sink without Jesus. I'm doing more without staying connected to Jesus than that. Actually, more important things like, like pretty soon I'm trying to love people, maybe my wife, without Jesus. Like I'm just trying to do a good job of being a good husband without Jesus. Or I'm trying to be a good dad without Jesus. You can do parenting things that are good and right and helpful without Jesus. It's possible. I might even do something like, I've done this more than once, I might even pick up my Bible in the morning and read it because I know it's good for me without really consciously trying to connect to the one who wrote it. That's actually possible. I might even find myself praying about something without really having a connection to Jesus in mind. It's all possible. And what I end up finding myself as I'm going through the motions. I have the appearance of doing the right things. It sort of looks like if you were observing on the outside that I had some fruit coming out of my life because I'm doing some nice things or some good things, but really I'm like this branch right here. There's some stuff that's there, but you know what's not going to happen to this branch right now? More grapes aren't going to grow. They're not going to. It's just whatever's there is there, and after that, it's going to wilt and it's going to die. And we can find ourselves going through the motions of life, doing things that look like fruit, because you know what happens when you start going to church regularly and you might read the Bible a little bit and you spend some time around Christians? You start to know what fruit's supposed to look like. And just like brushing your teeth, all of a sudden you might be trying to be a good dad or a good husband or loving other people with about as much intention of staying connected to Jesus as you do when you brush your teeth in the morning. And what Jesus is saying in John chapter 15 is that that's not, that's not the way you're intended to live. Actually, <clears throat> have you ever heard of, have you ever walked by an apple tree or ridden by one or a grapevine or, or a garden and have you heard those plants grunting and straining? Have, have you heard, haven't you heard that before? You just hear like this grunting sound. Because those tomato plants are trying to grow fruit. Ugh! No, I haven't either, actually. I've never heard that before. And if you've heard it before, please come and talk to me after the service. <clears throat> they don't do that. Because when a grapevine is naturally connected to its source of life, it will do what it's supposed to do. 
A tomato plant will do the same. An apple tree will do the same. And you're not trying to be more loving, more patient, more good, more faithful, more gentle, more self-controlled, because it's actually flowing out of you like a grapevine connected, a grape branch connected to the main vine naturally produces fruit. My main point this morning is this, that Jesus has designed you and I to flourish. Actually, if you came out and looked at my grape patch, it kind of looks like it's flourishing, but if you were a viticulturist, that viticulturalist, viticulture is like the, how you grow grapes, grapevines. It's a fancy word I learned in my study. I've never used it before, but now I have. If you were a viticulturist, you would look at my grapevine and you would say, that needs some work <laughs> because it's in transition. It was a mess last year. I got halfway through the like transition process and then I ran out of time and then it just kind of boom, exploded. There's way too much green stuff and not enough grapes is what is there is there. Jesus says, I design you to flourish, not just to have a bunch of green stuff, but actually to have a bunch of fruit. And here's how I designed you to flourish. And he's using the vine and the branch as a picture for a relationship. He's designed you and I to flourish in a living, sustaining, continuing, united, fruitful relationship. And all five of those elements are in this one little verse, John 15, 5. He's designed us to live in a living, sustaining, continuing, united, and fruitful relationship. John 15, 5, once again, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And we're going to get a little bit clearer on what the nothing is that Jesus is talking about. You and I designed to flourish, and first of all, Jesus says, I am the vine. Elsewhere, he says, I am the true vine. In the beginning of chapter, chapter, John, chapter 15 of John. And this is a living relationship with Jesus. The, these things are dead. They lit, they're dead. They have no chance to live any longer because they're not connected to the vine. The vine is the source of life. Jesus is our source of life. He's our anchor. He is what we are rooted in, and he is actually full of life. If you came to my house in November, and there wasn't snow covering it yet, which hopefully there won't be this year, and you looked at my grapevines, what you would see is about 8 to 10 brown dead sticks sticking out of the ground. If you come there right now, what you see is a bush that's about the size of that uh, drum, about as tall as that drum case back there and about twice as wide. And that's how much life has come out of those sticks at the end of the year. Jesus is the source of that life. He says this in John 17, 3. By the way, if you had your Bibles open to the, to the book of John, John uh, 13, it starts really at 12, but 12, 13. If you look at John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, it's like a third or a fourth of the book, and it's really one long interaction that Jesus has with his disciples right before he's going to go to the cross. 
And he says some of his most important things to his disciples in these conversations, as you and I would do too if we knew that our death was coming. The people we cared about the most, we would want them to know some very important things. This John 15 conversation comes in that context. Later on in John chapter 17, Jesus is now praying. He's not talking to the disciples. He's talking about the disciples to his heavenly Father. He's praying over the disciples, and obviously... They were present. John records this prayer in chapter 17. Some people have thought that John 17 is part of the prayer that Jesus prayed when he was at Gethsemane, when he swept drops of blood. We're not really sure, though. That's just possibility. In John 17, verse 3, here's what Jesus says. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? This is eternal life. Here it is that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Friends, what is eternal life? It's knowing God and knowing his son, Jesus. That is eternal life, according to Jesus. He's the source of life. If you know Jesus, you have eternal life. It's not a ticket for heaven later. It starts when you start to know Jesus, to put your trust in Jesus, to rely on him. Jesus designed you and I to flourish in a living relationship with him. Secondly, I am the vine, and now, secondly, you are the branches. You are the branches. Now, as I said before, these branches are not going to be sustained because they're not connected to the vine. And that's the second point this morning. You and I are designed to flourish in a sustaining relationship with Jesus. To be sustained in a relationship with him means we have to stay connected to him. You are a branch. I am a branch. We're a conduit. We're not the source of life. We allow life to come in and then it goes out of us from Jesus. You and I can be connected to Jesus or not. You and I can be anchored in Jesus or not. You and I can receive life from Jesus or not, but we can't produce life. Branches are designed to stay sustained in connection to the vine. There's a lot of ways that we can stay connected to the vine and be sustained in our relationship with Jesus. One of the ways Jesus mentions is in a few verses later, we're looking at John 15, 5. In John 15, 7, Jesus says this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And then he says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Reading and meditating and experiencing God's word through the scriptures isn't just experiencing some nice words on some thin paper. They, they make it thin so that our Bibles aren't like this thick. You know, like normal pages in a normal book. It would be really hard to carry around a Bible on like the books that you read for fun. It'd be, literally be like this. That'd be hard. Actually, my arms hurt right now because I did a workout that I shouldn't have done or I did too much. Can't even straighten out my biceps because it hurt so bad. And I'd be really, really sore if I had to carry a Bible like that this morning. John 15, 7, Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, remaining in Jesus partly is remaining in his word, and you don't just experience nice words on a paper. You actually have the potential to experience the living Christ through the words that he left behind. It's just one of the ways to remain and be sustained by Jesus. See, that was one of Jesus' secrets. 
And if you read the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke in particular, those four books, what you'll notice is Jesus keeps sneaking away. He does some awesome stuff, and then people are like, where did he go? And he's on a mountaintop. What is he doing? He's staying connected to the Father. The disciples are like, hey, where are we going to go next? Where's Jesus? I, I don't know where he is. He's praying. Jesus feeds a whole bunch of people, does a miracle, sends the disciples across the, <clears throat> the lake on a boat, says, I'll catch up to you later because he's going to go pray and stay connected to the Father. Jesus was always in his earthly life, abiding, remaining, staying connected to God. He was modeling what it looks like to be in a sustaining relationship with God, the Father. So you are designed to flourish first in a living relationship with Jesus. He's the source of life. You're designed to be uh, flourish in a sustaining relationship with Jesus. He continues to keep you going. And thirdly, I am the vine, you are the branches. The third phrase in the verse is the one who remains. Remains can be translated, you might have learned this like I did, is abide. I actually like that translation a lot. There's different aspects to abiding and remaining that I like. Remaining means, like I said, the the point this morning is that we're designed to flourish in a continuing relationship with Jesus. You might even say a continual relationship with Jesus. You know, you know, you guys all have friendships, right? That don't continue. It might be with people that live in town. It might be people that move out of town. But our relationships tend to change over time. My relationships today are different from what they were seven years ago. Yours were too. They don't all continue in the same way for the same length of time at the same depth. Sometimes they get better. Sometimes they get, there's more distance. That's just natural. But Jesus says we're designed to continue in a relationship with him. Branches bear, the branches that bear fruit, do you think this branch would have had any chance to bear these grapes if it weren't continuing to stay connected to the vine? Of course not. It's not possible. But I picked it when the, they were teeny little green dots, smaller than the head of a pin, they wouldn't have turned purple. And this is the active part for you and I in this whole text. You and I actually have a choice to stay connected to Jesus or not. To remain in Jesus or not. Cut off branches don't have any life in them. They might even appear like these sort of still do a little bit to have some life in them externally when you look on the outside. But there's no life-sustaining, continuing connection between them and the root. They aren't going to live for long. We're designed to remain or abide. That Greek word is meno. It's not a hard one to say. It can be used in three ways. To remain or abide in three different ways. It can be to remain in reference to a place. Like, let's stay here for the next hour and then we'll go home. Let's remain here. Let's abide here and then we'll leave. So in relation to a geographic sort of location. It can also be in reference to time. In Luke 156, it says that Mary stayed for three months with her cousin, Elizabeth. She stayed there for a while, for three months. She remained there. She abided there for three months. So that's time, location, time, and then condition. John 12, 46, 
It says that these would not remain in the darkness. They wouldn't stay in the darkness. They wouldn't continue on in the darkness. So there's three aspects to this remaining. Refers to place, refers to time, refers to condition. Jesus wants us to remain in him in all of those ways. To abide with him in all of those ways. Years and years ago, I don't know, it was eight or nine or longer ago, I, I did a message on this whole passage, and it was making yourself at home in Christ. And it was really the abide word is where I was connecting to. Because abide, is this word has a, to, to, rem- to make yourself at home in Jesus. To settle into Jesus. And that's part of how you and I will remain with him for a long term is if we settle in, make ourselves at home in him. Okay, so we are designed to flourish in a living relationship, a sustaining relationship, a continuing relationship. The one who remains in me... And I in him is the rest of that phrase. And here is the fourth one, a uniting or united relationship with Jesus. I love that the one who remains in him, Jesus remains in as well. It's sort of like when you and I do the active part of remaining in Jesus, what happens is that he also remains in us, which of course makes sense, right? So if he's the vine and I'm a branch connected to the vine, the life of the vine comes into me when I stay connected to him. John chapter 17, when I said, I read, I quoted earlier where it says, this is eternal life that you know that Jesus, that you know God and Jesus whom he sent. John chapter 17 is one of my favorite passages in the scripture. It was actually part of that we read, had read at our wedding. It's really all about union with Jesus. And Jesus isn't just playing for his 12 disciples in that passage. He actually prays for you if you're his disciple. He says that, they, that all those who believe in me because of the ones here would be united in me as I am in you, Father, and you are in them. Jesus isn't the stem. He's the vine. The vine is both the stem and the branch, also the roots. Another illustration that Jesus uses is the body to describe, scripture writers use to describe this actually, that Jesus is the head and those who are following him are like the body. The body of Christ is the illustration. Now let me, the the head animates and directs and imparts life to the rest of the body. Without a head, the body is dead, correct? It's the same. Without a vine, the branch is dead. There's no life. But once they're connected, there's life throughout all. So every year in our garden, some things flourish and some things don't. And we aren't good enough gardeners to even predict what's going to happen from year to year. Sometimes we have buckets of beets. Other years we have bushels of tomatoes. Some years our kale comes in. It's amazing. We don't know what to do with it all. This year, for the first time ever, in our existence of as trying to garden and really my wife does most of the gardening we have peppers coming out of our ears all kinds of peppers we usually plant way more peppers than we could possibly dream or think of because they never produce much well guess what happened this year they're all producing like crazy and we have a lot more hot peppers than we can deal with had some friends come over and relieve us of some of those because they really enjoy hot peppers thank you for doing that i don't know what we do with them all You guys know when something's flourishing in the garden at this time of year, right? It's easy to tell. Where's the fruit? 
There's pepper. We have pepper plant that just looks like it's, it's like mostly peppers. There's hardly any green. It's all peppers. That plant is flourishing. We're designed to flourish in a living, sustaining, continuing, united, and lastly, fruitful relationship with Jesus. The evidence of a flourishing life is fruit. The one who remains in me and I in him will produce much fruit because you can do nothing without me. A fruitful relationship with Jesus. Now, a lot has been decided. If there's something that's been focused on more than others, I believe in the Christian church, in this passage, it's what is this? When Jesus says you'll produce much fruit, what is he talking about? I've thought of it often. There's a lot of ways to describe it. And actually, if you stick around Christian circles a lot, a lot of times, we start using the language of Jesus to describe all kinds of things, like fruit of an endeavor or fruit of a ministry or fruit of my time or fruit of a conversation. Kind of use that biblical language. And that's not inappropriate. Fruit is the evidence of a flourishing organism, a plant. And my contention is that the fruit Jesus is primarily talking about is his life being produced in us. His life, if he's the source of life and we're connected to him and his life flows through us, what is coming out of us? I don't think it's like a number of salvations necessarily that could happen. I don't think it's the number of churches being planted or people that we're helping What it really is, I think, is better described elsewhere as the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God comes into us, something comes out of us. Some of you kids probably know this. Some of you parents do too. What happens when you or I are connected to Jesus? What begins to come out of us is love. And we're not trying hard to do it. Joy. Peace, who wouldn't like more of that? Patience. I can tell you, by the way, this will convict me as well, so if it convicts you, it's equal opportunity conviction. I can tell you when you or I are probably not staying as connected to Jesus is when we say something like, I'm trying to grow in patience. You are like a vine doing that. Good luck. I'm sure God's going to give you opportunities to exercise patience, like kids that don't listen as well and cars that don't move as fast in the lane that you're trying to get into and coworkers that don't respond all that well. But guess what you can't do? You can't produce that in a long-term sustaining way by gritting your teeth and trying hard. Any more than a tomato plant, tell me if you hear one, is grunting trying to make those tomatoes grow. What happens when you and I are connected to Jesus is that stuff starts to flow through us. Now, again, I'm not saying there's not effort. You might not have to. You you might have an instance where you feel really frustrated and you could speak in frustration or not speak in frustration. What would be the right thing to do? Choose to at least look like a patient person by not reacting. But the kind of life that Jesus lived 
the kind of fruit that he wants to produce in our life is not produced by us trying hard to produce the fruit. It's trying to stay connected to the vine. The life of Jesus flows through us when we stay connected to him. I have lived large portions of my life trying really hard to produce fruit that I cannot produce. Has anybody done that? I really want to get better at this. I really want to get better at that. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't try at all to do anything ever. Just wait for a Holy Spirit zap. But I also am telling that in the end, what really has to happen is I have to surrender to Jesus and realize only he can do something in me that I can't do. Fruit is the evidence of Christ's life flowing through you. It's not something that you and I try. And believe me, I've heard Galatians 5.22 talk about all the time, like we can make that stuff happen. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be, you know, some of you have personalities. Some of you have personalities. Those of you that have personalities are the ones that love to serve in the nursery. You, you guys just have like a natural aptitude for patience that I don't have. You like to be around babies, whether they're crying or not, whether they're happy or not. Some of you do. Some of you are laughing and you don't, and you're with me. Like, thank you for some people having some of that's personality. But what Jesus is saying that there's some of that fruit that isn't just personality. It can only happen when you are connected to me. We begin over time to think that we're pretty skilled that we have things down, that we're pretty gifted, and that we can come up with some pretty good stuff. And I'm not saying you can't do anything. Probably some of you have designed buildings or helped businesses run more effectively or really served a lot of people in your role in life or your job. I'm not saying that didn't happen. But the kind of fruit that really lasts that Jesus talks about, we can't produce on our own. It's produced in us as we stay connected to Jesus. If you abide and remain and trust in and rely on and draw your motivation from and make yourself at home in and draw your strength from Jesus, you will be full of fruit. Because Jesus' life is flowing through you and in you and out of you. And here's the truth, friends, when it comes to this. You can do nothing apart from Jesus. You you got no chance to make even one grape pop out by trying really hard. It only happens by staying connected to him, and that is a life of barrenness if you choose not to be connected to him. But you know what's interesting? The Bible says the exact opposite if you choose to stay connected to him. Like, the exact opposite. You can do nothing without me, John 15, 5. What does Philippians 4, 13 say? You can do all things in me. Isn't that crazy? You can do nothing without me, Philippians 4.13, but you can do all things through me. When you stay connected to Jesus, you can have abundant fruit. You will be fruitful when you and I are connected to him. Jesus is the way to this kind of life. I don't know about you, but I want to flourish. I want to flourish. I want to experience Jesus' life in me, and I want to experience his life, his life producing fruit in me that can be enjoyed not just by me, but by the people around me. These grapes, are, they make really good juice. There, there's too many seeds in them to really like crunch. If you want to, kids, if you want to try one, if your parents say it's okay, 
you, you can, but be careful because it's a lot of seeds in this kind of grape, like mostly seeds. But if you put it in a juicer, it makes some really good grape juice. I want to be the kind of person, I want to have the kind of life that produces something that others can enjoy. It's not just for me. It's not just for me. If you've put your trust in him today, I want to encourage you to remain in him, to stay connected, to abide in him. If you don't know Jesus, and this idea of abiding is strange to you, which it might be, today you can put your trust in him. You can say, I want Jesus in my life. I want to put my trust, I want his life in me. I don't think I have that. That's all right. I was at that place once. Everyone's at that place once. Come on down and pray with one of us down here after the song, and we'd love to pray with you. Um, if you want to stand, we'll close in a, a prayer, and we're going to sing a song called The Way. Just a little before this passage, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the way to this kind of life. He's the only way to this kind of life. Bow with me and we'll pray. And if you want further prayer, please join us down in the front after the song. Jesus, thank you for being the source of life. How many hours, days, weeks, months have I wasted trying to produce something in myself that I can't make happen? More than I wish. Lord, today I just choose to say I am connected to you. I'm going to remain in you. I'm going to abide in you so that your life can come in and do in me what I can't do. I can't produce those fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Jesus, I need you to do that in me. I can't do it on my own. Help us all to stay connected to you. And if there's anybody here who isn't connected to you, who doesn't know you in a saving relationship, God, I pray that you would draw them today. In your name we pray. Amen.